Welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchor Podcast. Today we wrap up Ephesians with Ephesians chapter 6. It reads, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service, as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bond servant or is free. Masters, do the same to them, and stop your threatening, knowing that he is both their master and yours in heaven, and that there is no partiality with him. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that words may be given to me, in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So that you also may know how I am and what I am doing, Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are, and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers, and love with faith, from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. So as we wrap up Ephesians here, we've gotten to chapter 6 now, and uh, this is the end of his letter, and I'm just very grateful for Z and Haley here walking through this with us, and just the opportunity that we've had to unpack the different things that Paul is talking about, and so it's great for us to get to this conclusion, it's great for us to see how he's building towards this point, how all of his arguments are helping us to be able to live in light of the mystery of the gospel in our life. And so what is it you'd like to draw our attention to here in chapter 6? Yeah, so uh, starting off, we see uh, this favorite line that I like to remind my kids of. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Uh, my three-year-old can actually recite. That's her single Bible verse that she knows, which she uh has still struggling to actually obey. But we see this breakdown of these different authority structures. So children and parents, and then we see bond servants and earthly masters. And um, and so we're going to kind of talk about that. But I think what's important to note is that as we also saw, as you also looked at just previously to this, um, we didn't really hit on it in our conversation, but in Ephesians 5, he's also talked about husbands and wives. The reason he's kind of pointing out these different authority structures is because somebody has to lead and somebody has to follow. It's not because children aren't as important as parents or um, parents are to, you know, rule authoritatively and abusively over their children or because bond servants and masters, which really means 
workers and employers uh, for the cultural context. It's not because um, somebody is greater and somebody is less. It's because there has to be a follower and there has to be a leader for a relationship to work. And so, you know, we see Paul telling children to obey their parents and the Lord for this is right. And this is the first commandment that comes with the promise that it may go well with them. And yet parents, it says fathers in verse four, are not to provoke their children to anger, but bring them, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. You know, so this is a relationship that someone's leading and someone's following. That's the way that God designed it to work. Now, the bondservants and masters part, I'm sure you guys will talk about this and, and have, but in their cultural context, it was actually a legitimate job to be a bondservant and to be someone that would live on the property of, you know, where you worked and have your own home, have your family live there. It was a legitimate occupation. It was not like we think of American slavery. And so when when he says this, he's basically saying Those of you who have earthly masters, those who have employers, who have jobs, you know, obey them as unto Christ, not just doing, you know, giving them eye service or trying to please people, but doing everything you do to the glory of God from the heart. And so recognizing that, you know, all service that we render to men, even if they are unjust, even if your employer is unfair to you, even if, you know, you are being asked to take up too many ship, shifts at Chick-fil-A, you know, more than more than you think is fair um, and being treated un- unjustly, that we can serve, we can bring glory to God in those roles here on earth because we can do it unto God and we can do it for the glory of God. So, yeah, I think, you know, I think that it's just important to remember when we talk about authority structures and the world will give you all, all kinds of teachings against this that that rejects authority and, and paints, you know, authority or the patriarchy as something that has to be destroyed. But but really, we see that it is God's protection and provision for us that there that children have authority, you know, that there are systems in place to protect those who are vulnerable. And and uh, yeah, so I think that's just one way that God blesses us. Yeah, and I think a big part of it, too, is just understanding that by demonstrating this in these other relationships, when somebody asks, hey, why are you not kicking back against that? Hey, it goes back to, number one, I think, first time honoring and listening to God as the leader of my life. And so pointing it back in these relationships, working through that. And then also when they ask, like, but don't you understand how bad these people above you are and how much they're taking advantage of you? Yeah, you know what? God talks with me about that, too, and tells me how that's going to be in those different things. And so he's walked through all of these walks, what it looks like for us to practically live. And then he builds to this point where we will have to be strong and take a stand. And so I like to think of it in terms of, I have uh, an 18 month old at home and she is, you know, just learning how to walk and all these different things. And we like to think of the things and the illustration of, A, you need to walk before you run. But for here, Paul is saying you need to walk before you can stand. And so Ada can walk, yes, but she's all over the place. Her belly's sticking out. Her arms are flailing. Like if the ground is even unlevel like an inch, you know, it could be toppling over to the side. She still has to learn to walk before she can even walk normally. And then once she learns how to walk, she'll be able to stand. Because if I were to walk up to her now and just kind of even like, nudge her a little bit, it's falling, you know, not violently, but almost like inevitably falling because she doesn't have balance. She doesn't have the ability to uh, redirect or to move her weight or any of those different things necessary to keep herself standing. And so all of these walks, all of these ways of living are preparing us for the big stand that we're taking against specifically 
our greatest enemy. And so let's look at that now. Okay, so finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Now we go to see in the second half of the chapter that our battle is spiritual. It's with Satan. And we need to be prepared to fight that battle. And with that, God has given us all these pieces that we should put on to be able to fight all these the schemes of, of Satan and everything that comes to us as believers that we have to constantly fight. And I love that he starts with with the belt, with the belt of truth, right? If we don't have truth, then there is no stability, right? It's it the belt was there to to fasten the armor and it's like without without that, right? Their armor is loose, right? Their ar- armor can fall off. It's not stable. And I think it's the same thing with us. If we don't have that truth, then we are not stable. Whatever Satan brings our way, we're going to be tossed to and fro because we're not going to have that truth to stand on. So I love that he he brings the truth. The truth is the most important thing as believers because that is what will guide us in, in whatever life brings, whatever Satan brings our way. And then, you know, breastplate of righteousness, you know, that's what like covers the core of the person, you know, what, what kind of protects you against like picturing like a spear coming at you or a sword coming at you is the righteousness of Christ. Like that's the core of you. If you get struck in the core, like you are probably not living beyond that. Right. And yet it's Christ's righteousness on our behalf that protects us. And so, you know, yeah, each of these pieces, the, the gospel, the shoes for our pe- our feet, uh, putting on the gospel of peace, you know, that is what we bring when we walk through life. That's what we're bringing to people is the gospel. And it is a gospel that, yes, we've talked about in the previous chapter is going to sometimes offend. But ultimately, remembering that the message we're bringing is a message of peace. It's mm-hmm. peace with God through Christ. And so you do have to tell them the bad news before you can tell them the good news. But don't forget the good news, you know. And so when you're when you're engaging in hard conversations with people and they're like, you believe what? You think what is true? I can't believe you would say that. That's so unloving. That's so hateful. Again, like Z said previously, their beef is going to be with God's word. It's not with you. But remind them of like, hey, there. it's not just bad news. There is good news that in Christ, we can be made right with God. That all of these things that we are so prone towards, we are actually able to be renewed through the transforming and transformed by the renewing of our mind. And that we can be made new. We can be given uh, new desires. And and as a believer, like I am given new desires. I don't actually have to walk in the old ways. I can, again, uh, Ephesians, was it four, putting off the old self and on the new. And so there's just so many things here that are encouraging to us. And, and I would just say, you know, this, this is maybe even as a 34 year old adult, you know, in the mid- middle of my life, like Ephesians six is really the place that, that I return to very frequently when it comes to remembering like the battle is not against flesh and blood. The battle is against spiritual powers in the heavenly realms and everything, everything about life is spiritual. It was described to me in high school. I took a course on biblical worldview and we read a book by Francis Schaeffer who described life is kind of, it's got this upstairs and downstairs. And so we are in the downstairs of the house. You know, we can see the physical world around us. We see what's happening, but there is always an upstairs battle going on that we just cannot visually Mm -hmm. see. Sometimes we see it actually kind of work out in the world around us. We see 
the the pain people are dealing with spiritually manifest physically. And we do see that the, you know, we see death rear its ugly head as well. But just remembering that there is always that upstairs going on. And so when things feel really hard horizontally in the downstairs, recalling like there is a battle taking place for people's souls, for, for truth. And yet I know who has conquered. I know who is the victor over death and that's Christ. And so I can have hope because although I don't see exactly how this downstairs reality is going to play out, I know who has ultimately won and and that's why I can have hope. Okay, yeah. So just touching on one more of the pieces of the armor is the helmet of salvation. And, you know, obviously that was to use to protect their their head. We could say that 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 for us that's the same too, right? We need to guard our our hearts, obviously, because the Bible tells us, but also our minds. We are supposed to be renewed. We're supposed to be renewing our minds, right? But when Satan attacks, what is it? It's it's our thoughts. So we need to have our thoughts aligned with gospel truths, what our salvation, who we are in Christ. And I think the helmet, just like any other part, is so important because it is, what does he tell us? To take our thoughts captive. Why? Because we are so prone to just go by Satan's lies and then we start thinking these things that actually take us away from the word of God if we are not ready to... um you know, to seek his truth through prayer and through his word. So just reminding ourselves that our mind, you know, the renewal of our minds, and we do that through the word of God. Yeah, and I love how you've said, hey, this is a place we go back to and how you've taken it back to Romans 12, combining those thoughts, because it's the totality of what we understand, putting that all together so that we have the fullest picture of what God is doing in our midst, Mm -hmm. that when we begin to see all the multifaceted aspects of what he's doing that we appreciate truly going back to chapter one the greatness of what he is doing in our midst that he has called us that he's chosen us the depths of his grace in chapter two all of these different things that we've been reflecting on when we allow that to formulate the thoughts in our minds to allow us to motivate us to live our lives out before others that's when we're going to see God on display. And so for our listeners, we hope you've enjoyed Ephesians with us. We hope you've got some different places that you've been able to anchor your faith as you seek to grow in it. As you've come across questions in the text, we hope you're finding answers to those through the people that you're living in community with, as well as the different tools and resources you have in your life. So as you walk today in truth, understanding that the battles that you fight on here are actually heavenly battles, we pray that you understand and know that you are loved. You